I am rolling. Hello, tea bag. Y'all ready for tea? This is a podcast from thebuglepodcast.com. Audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, buglers, and welcome to issue 281 of the Bugle audio newspaper for this resolutely visual world with me, Andy Zaltzman, no time former Miss World contender. There's real sexism for you. And uh, the fact that I think that adults of the future might also have counted against me. Uh, I am in the Christmas stricken city of London. Tough, tough times for Londoners who are allergic to illuminated streets at the moment. And in New York, uh, USA, it's the satirical Santa Claus who drops his prescient presence down the sh- chimneys of charlatans. It's John Oliver. Hello, Andy. Hello, Buglers. Well, Andy, New York here has been all a flutter this week, and for good reason, because there was f***ing royalty in f***ing town. <laughs> uh, the traffic here has been terrible. It's no, it's no biggie that's... here, John. It's no biggie when we have royalty in town. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. it's a very much a biggie here. <laughs> uh, presumably the traffic's been bad because people have been dropping to their f- knees, Andy, whenever they even get a glimpse of something resembling a motorcade. <laughs> uh, on my end, I've been throwing every coat I've ever owned over every puddle I see in the city, <laughs> just in case Princess Kate may need to daintily walk across a sodden coat. <laughs> oh, who am I kidding, Andy? She'd never need to do that. She floats. She <laughs> She floats in and out of every room she's in. She hovers permanently three inches off the ground, held aloft by the adoration of the entire planet. Um, the ex-peasant princess uh, visited the city with her husband for a few days and really managed to teach this place what being a vestigial tale of one of history's most inexplicable institutions is really all about. And what it's about, Andy, is attending things. Because they attended the shit out of things. For 72 solid hours, from fundraisers to galas to memorials to high schools to meetings with the president. Perhaps the most media attention centred on the night they attended a basketball game in Brooklyn, where they saw LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers play the Brooklyn Nets, and they sat front row. And the princess, of course, is famously a gigantic basketball fan, so (laughs) was apparently a little disappointed not to see the Knicks, not because... They're any good, but because she was interested in seeing the mechanics of an early version of Phil Jackson's triangle offense being run by a team seemingly resistant to its intricacies. Huge hoopster, Princess Kate. Um, apparently, she's had a basketball hoop hung inside the front door of Buckingham Palace just so she can dunk on any visitors when they show up. <laughs> she's got a, uh, she's got a tattoo to... of Scotty Pippen as well, I think. just behind her <laughs> left right. earlobe. Huge one. Yeah, that's right. That's right, and uh, she has uh, Dennis Rodman uh, guarding uh, John Starks uh, on her back. Um, two foot tattoo. Covers her entire back. Uh, John Starks's leg go, runs down her right leg, I believe. Um, they t- they turned up to the game in the third quarter, which is a dick move. Oh, Andy, man. when well, you have seats on the floor, a hot dog or what? That's right. You're- your arse should be in those seats from start to finish. Uh, but the real media hysteria took place when they met Beyonce and Jay-Z. It was a meeting of royalty, Andy, <laughs> uh, except for the fact that Jay-Z and Queen Bay actually earned their titles rather than being born into them, so clearly it doesn't count. <laughs> uh, and, and finally, Prince William spoke at the World Bank against the illegal international trade of wildlife, attacking those who, I quote, loot our planet to feed mankind's ignorant craving for exotic pets, trinkets... Cures and ointments derived from the world's vanishing and irreplaceable species. 
Um, the awkward thing about that was uh, at no point was it completely clear whether he was attacking looters or simply describing his ancestors. And... <laughs> it's I know a little something about this crime. It's in my blood. <laughs> and in most of his dinners as well, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Bugle 281. 281, of course, a handy thumbs, fingers, willies mnemonic for males. Do a weekly check, uh, male buglers. If any of those numbers have changed, do consult the doctor. And also a bit of a Christmas one, this, John. 281, the number of not-so-wise men who pitched up at the birth of Jesus, along with the three actually wise ones. 284 in total, 281 of them weren't the sharpest lemons in the fruit bowl. Bought uh, less wise presents like hacksaws, snakes, beer, novelty-dancing Pharisees and silk lingerie. They were, of course, written out of the Bible, understandably, top three only. Bit harsh on the fourth guy, he'd brought uh, formula milk powder, quite thoughtful. But, of course, the magic kid turned it straight into sherbet. Strong early, early skills from the lab. And uh, we're recording week uh, ending 12th of December, meaning uh, on Monday, the 15th of December. It'll be six years, John, since my midwifery career both began and wow. ended in That's right. quite a noisy bathroom. Impromptu midwife. <laughs> one for one. You cannot yep. top that record. unless you Batting a thousand. Yeah. Hall of Fame. <laughs> As always, a section of the bugle is going straight into the bin. I mean, yet another Christmas gifts uh, section. You can't uh, move for them uh, in your newspapers at the moment. Uh, oh, section of the bin, Christmas gifts for pets, for your furniture, if you particularly lo- love a chair, uh, for your long-dead relatives. Uh, that's increasingly uh, increasingly common now to bury a present for a long-dead relative just as a gesture. I mean, it's all helping the economy. Uh, also, we give you a voucher for an online speed christening. Uh, you simply have to scan your baby in, email it to anglicax.div, and Anglicax will print out a picture of your tot, doused it in holy water, and mail it back to you in a plastic bag so it's still discernibly holy and wet when you receive it. Then simply paste the christening print onto your infants with uh, standard household wall- wallpaper paste. Uh, leave it on for a week, and your kid will have been dosed up for life with the love of the Lord. So that's uh, you're getting free. Unfortunately, it's in the bin. And uh, a, a Christmas audio advent calendar. This entry is for Monday the 15th. Ah, Joseph, I think it's coming. You're not due for almost two weeks, Mary. It's coming, Joseph. He's f***ing coming. It. It's an it at the moment. We don't know yet. It's an it. He's coming. I can feel it. Not my kid. Not my problem. And for the 16th, your mum sent us something for the baby, Mary. It better not be any more f***ing myrrh. If another f***ing bastard gives us myrrh, I'll rip them a f***ing new one. There you go, your audio advent calendar in the bin. Now, in this week's Bugle, we had promised you the My Country Tis a Dick competition. This has, once again, been postponed because one particular country has made a particularly strong bid for the title this week, and instead we've devoted the show to that. Top story this week, set your clocks to torture time! (laughs) Well, just seven days after Andy's horrific well, China run. That was a Paul Anker album, wasn't it, in the late 50s? <laughs> just, just a week after Andy's horrific pun run uh, about China, the world must once again wrestle with the morality of inflicting inhumane actions on people oh, for dubious on, reasons. Because after a five-and-a-half-year investigation, the US Senate Intelligence Committee has released a summary of a report into the CIA interrogation programme established in the wake of 9-11. Uh, The chair of the committee, Dianne Feinstein, has called that period a, and I quote, stain on American history, Uh, which is true, because like any stain, uh, the US has tried to deal with it 
in a number of ways. First, they tried to cover the stain up. Uh, then they tried to just ignore the stain and pretend it wasn't there. You know, just learn to live with the stain and hope <laughs> no one who comes over points at it and says, hey, what's up with that stain over there? What's the story behind that? <laughs> Uh, then they talked about removing the stain but realised it would be too difficult to get rid of. So instead of settle on half-heartedly investigating whose fault the stain was in the first place without finding any answers despite the fact that everyone has a pretty good idea who did it. <laughs> uh, this is uh, just a redacted 525-page summary of a full 6,000-page um, long report. But even the summary makes for great bedtime reading <laughs> if... Instead of sleeping, your ideal bedtime is a preparation to stare unblinking at the ceiling for eight solid hours, tormented by the kind of behaviour your country engaged in. And some may even be using it for that purpose, because for some inexplicable reason, the Kindle version of the report is currently a best-selling book on Amazon. <laughs> and I don't know what's more shocking about that, Andy. The fact that so many people see the terror report as a perfect stocking stuffer or the fact that many people don't know that the report is available to download for absolutely nothing, absolutely everywhere. Because unless the paid version has some extra non-redacted features, then it's completely pointless. Just pay, pay an extra $2 to unlock where the CIA black sites were. Oh, OK. <laughs> well, it has... Uh, I mean, it's not been the most tightly guarded secrets uh, but uh, I, I guess you know hearing it spelled out in 6000 pages of gory detail is uh, kind of rams home the point of course the traditional defense and uh, you know there is still some a pretty vocal defense from the uh, the likes of uh, Dick Cheney the traditional defense is well if it wasn't for these uh, torture techniques then we would all be speaking al-qaedish by now um but <laughs> but I I'm, I guess we'll let history be the judge of that there's some extraordinary Details. One detainee, uh, Abu Zubaida, was confined to a coffin-sized box for a total of 266 hours and then an even smaller box for a further 29 hours. Now, this smaller box, John, 53 centimetres by 76 centimetres by 76 centimetres. Now, sure, a space like that in the right part of London is probably worth about 150 grand, but in the wrong part of the <laughs> CIA secret prison network, it is not quite as desirable, particularly if you are more than 76 centimetres tall, which most <laughs> terror suspects statistically are. But also, if you're going to interrogate someone, John, you do not want them to reply, Can you repeat the question, please? I'm inside a small box. Say it nice <laughs> and slowly. The acoustics in here are awful. <laughs> Besides, John, uh, your environment affects your behaviour. You lock someone in a coffin-sized box for a couple of weeks, you're not just going to be dealing with a suspected terrorist, you are going to be dealing with a vampire. That's just making <laughs> the situation worse. The report highlights a number of key findings, some of which are shocking and some of which are nothing more than confirmation of what everyone sadly pretty much assumed. But you should know that reading the full text may make you legally culpable in torturing yourself, as knowledge of what's <laughs> contained may well inflict cruel and unusual punishment on the human soul. Uh, the report finds that the enhanced interrogation techniques that the CIA use, which I think we can just call torture from now on, <laughs> both for reasons of ease and accuracy... Uh, it found that they were not an effective way of acquiring intelligence or gaining cooperation from detainees. Also, it found that interrogations of CIA detainees were brutal and far worse than the CIA represented 
to policymakers and others. It also found the CIA's operation of the programme complicated and in some cases impeded the national security missions of other executive branch agencies. So it was essentially ineffective at the one thing it was supposed to do and impeded the work of other agencies, in which case it was literally worse than nothing. (laughs) And... As for how many people were caught up in this nauseating net, that's a little hard to say because the reports also found that the CIA's claims about the number of detainees held and subjected to its enhanced interrogation techniques were inaccurate. Look, as reviews go, Andy, this report is a one-star review. Uh, Put it this way, if the CIA was a restaurant on Yelp, they would not have many reservations for dinner tomorrow night. But as as you say, it's the details of the report where the real horror is. It's not just coffin-shaped boxes. At one point, the CIA claimed that they subjected detainees to sleep deprivation for no longer than 180 hours, seemingly not realising that 180 hours is a f*** of a long time, Andy. (laughs) That's been kept awake for over a week. Claiming that that's a good thing is like putting up a sign in a factory saying, no major industrial accident for 11 days. (laughs) So that means... That means there was a huge accident here last Wednesday then. I don't think that sign is quite as reassuring as you seem to think it is. Uh, Other techniques used include the attention grasp, which I think is just a basic advertising technique, isn't it? Uh, 20% off my lifetime incarceration if I tell all. That is a tempting offer. Uh, Walling, we all love a bit of DIY. The facial hold, that John shows the influence uh, of... uh, WWE wrestling, frankly. Not just moves like the facial hold and the stress position, uh, but also goes right down to the obviously inauthentic and contrived results. Um, the facial slap. Uh, what well, I mean, is this some kind of makeup thing? I mean, a bit of slap? Uh, I'd imagine a hardline Islamist hates, hates having excessive makeup put on against his will. Wall standing, that's a lovely little village in Gloucestershire. Cramped confinement and sleep deprivation, basically just like having a baby. And insects placed in a confinement box, uh, which uh, I believe uh, is a cryptic crossword clue, uh, for which the answer is totally unacceptable. I think, I'm not sure. I think it it might be. I'm not sure. Possibly an anagram. So is that, so in one of those coffin-shaped boxes, you could plausibly find yourself inside saying, listen... I'm in a pretty bad spot here, but I guess at least there's no spider in here. (laughs) Wait, they're opening the lid. Are they letting me out? Oh, (laughs) fuck. Yeah, it was kind of what what, uh, I guess the CIA in their defence would describe as aggressive quizzing with a touch of physical banter. But um, it appears that it's now been decided that this has gone beyond boys will be boys type roughhousing. Uh, The report also referred not just to waterboarding, but also to rectal hydration and rectal feeding, which unfortunately is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, There's an example in the report where a detainee was fed a meal through his rectum, a meal which incidentally included hummus, pasta with sauce, nuts and raisins. I don't know why that makes it worse, Andy, but somehow it definitely does. Yeah, without the nuts, maybe, but the nuts are a definite issue. (laughs) And where this constitutes torture is that the rectal feedings were not medically necessary. In fact, Tim Dickinson in Rolling Stone says rectal hydration without evidence of medical necessity essentially was sexual assault plus water, which makes sense because you would not be happy if you went to a fancy restaurant, ordered a fine meal, only to have your waiter say, oh, excellent choice, sir, now try to relax before shoving a tube up your rectum and gesturing to the chef to bring a funnel over, screaming, I'm just trying to keep this country safe, as you desperately attempt to signal that you don't want any bread rolls, thank you very much. 
much. <laughs> well, of course, uh, rectal feeding, not only a relief picture for the Sacramento Scrotals in 1940s Major League Baseball, but in fact, well, I mean, it has been, it is an option, John, at uh, a top-line restaurant, Rack and Ruin, the enhanced interrogation-themed restaurant in Langley, opened uh, in 2002 by triple celebrity chef Scluton Malvane, uh, where the signature dish is probes of tortellini stuffed with squid inquisitions, force thrust into a guilt-drenched intestina of major beef, flushed with a chicken consomme enema, finalised with an unamused bouche of vanilla confessions. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Also, um, uh, rectal hydration, I mean, that sounds bad. I mean, that is the last place you want a mythical beast that keeps growing extra heads. Also known as Proctor Clysis. Uh, and Proctor Clysis was, of course, in Lyndon B. Johnson's cabinet, Secretary of State for shouting at foreign countries, I think. The details go on. In November 2002, a detainee called Gul Rahman was chained to a concrete floor while partially nude. He then froze to death. And if that wasn't bad enough, which it demonstrably is, he froze to death due to mistaken identity <laughs> and action. And, a, and oh, yes, dear. yes. That probably shouldn't laugh at yes. that. But that... That's right. That yeah. does seem well, like a just... significant procedural glitch. Yeah, well, and from that procedural glitch, Andy, uh, it's interesting to point out that was an action and a mistake which the CIA ruthlessly punished by taking absolutely no disciplinary action against the officers supervising the facility whatsoever, meaning they took pretty much the opposite scale of action against a guilty man than they did a completely innocent one. And finally, the CIA detained an innocent man who was mentally ill, knowing he was innocent, and held him as leverage against one of his family members. It's pretty f***ing bleak, this report, Andy. (laughs) And um, as you mentioned, Dick Cheney uh, has shown the same respect for this report that he showed in office for America's human rights record, which sure wasn't impeccable at the time, but looked even less impeccable after he'd taken an eight-year shit on it. Uh, He called the report deeply flawed and full of crap, uh, which sounds like he could could be quoting his own psychological evaluation rather than the report. Um... And in one of the saddest reactions, President George W. Bush, um, a name that it's been really nice not to say for a long time, uh, said that he explicitly told people not to reveal to him the location of the CIA black sites as he felt he might accidentally reveal them. And the tragic thing about that is he was probably right, (laughs) Andy. I think it would have been entirely consistent for him to be showing a journalist or someone around the Oval Office saying, well, this is the room where I have to keep the fact that we have CIA black sites in Romania in my head and not let it into anyone else's heads. Oh, please don't tell Dick he's going to be so mad with me. <laughs> well, with hindsight, using torch techniques when you are fighting a supposedly moral war does look more off-beam than a 1980s British gymnast. Uh, with, with hindsight, as indeed it, of course, looked with foresight, or as I believe Dick Cheney calls it, preemptive hindsight. And... To lose, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we lost. We've lost the moral high ground as a result of this. Uh, we, I think we probably do, do still have the the moral high ground over Al Qaeda. But in terms of moral high grounds, this is now like the Titanic claiming to have the physical high ground over another shipwreck, which is at the bottom of the Marianas Trench. <laughs> a, it's nothing to write home about. B, it should have been easily avoided and should never have found itself in this position. And C, people will almost certainly make films about it. Uh, The current CIA director, uh, John Brennan, uh, hit back at the report as well, arguing that the CIA's methods prevented terror attacks and saved lives. And those are two things that everyone loves, Andy. Preventing terror attacks and saving lives is basically... 
It's like peanut butter and ice cream. If you don't like them, you're a complete asshole. <laughs> what are you trying? And if you claim you're combination allergic to them, you're fucking lying. You're lying. <laughs> are those two Not in isolation or separately? Or separately? Right. Okay. Separately, although you know, you add a little peanut butter to John. You have ice cream. been no, in America far too long. At least you didn't it's go with what's jelly. The problem with pe- <laughs> peanut butter and ice yeah. cream is nice. It is, that's what I'm yeah. saying, Chris. Right. Seriously nice. Andy, you're the one who's not on message here. Right. I'm and the, yeah, and the point is, Andy, do a good don't Italian knock it until you've tried it. Right, OK. Don't knock it, to, don't knock it until you've prevented a terror attack well, and saved that, someone's that, life. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Well, that's hypocritical of you. Have you ever tortured, attempted to torture a confession out of someone, John? History will be my judge. <laughs> we don't know. That's the whole point <laughs> of what John Brennan is saying, Andy. We, don't, we can't know for sure yet whether I've saved lives and prevented terror attacks. Because the, the problem is that there is absolutely no evidence that the CIA's torture methods prevented any terror attacks or saved any lives. Quite the opposite, in fact. So Brennan is either lying or he's withholding information. And if he's withholding information, unfortunately we can't torture him to break down his resistance because <laughs> as this report makes painfully clear, that doesn't f***ing <laughs> work. Because the, the report itself states that at no time did the CIA's coercive interrogation techniques lead to the collection of imminent threat intelligence such as the hypothetical ticking time bomb. And this is a five-and-a-half-year investigation trawling through six million pages of documents. So Brennan's next tactic was to argue that it is unknowable if the agency's enhanced interrogation techniques actually help prevent any terrorist attacks. I mean, sure, that conceivably... Might be true, Andy, just as it's unknowable whether Germany winning the World Cup this year prevented a second Holocaust. It's <laughs> unlikely in the face of om- overwhelming evidence against it, but I guess it's technically unknowable all the same. It's unknowable whether Megan Trainers all about that base, about that base, about that base, <laughs> no treble. It's, it's unknowable whether that song single-handedly averted the greatest terror attack of all time later this year due to it being so catchy. But let's hold off on awarding her the Nobel Peace Prize until we have a little more in the way of evidence. <laughs> well, I guess Cheney and, uh, and Brennan rejecting these criticisms is roughly equivalent to the recent case of FIFA finding themselves not guilty of corruption, nor of tobacco companies discovering that lung cancer is actually good for you and emphysema makes you 66% sexier. Or perhaps even Secretariat flatly denying that he was a fast horse or the Queen declaring <laughs> that she's never, ever worn an over-flashy hat. Uh, here's an interesting quote from uh, from Cheney. He said this, um, uh, we've got, uh, talking about Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, who uh, was uh, formerly the number three ranked baddie in the whole of Al-Qaeda, which I think means uh, he was seeded to meet Bin Laden in the semi-final. But... Um, he, uh, we've got Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, who's mastermind of 9-11, and he's in our possession. Yep. We know who's the architect. What are we supposed to do? Kiss him on both cheeks and say, please tell us what you know. Of course not. But surely that had to be worth a go. <laughs> if nothing else, just to confuse the lad. I don't like Khalid Sheikh Mohammed at all. He's not my kind of guy. But I mean, a little peck on both cheeks. Who knows what he would say? Brennan's final and perhaps most desperate grasp for the moral high ground, the kind of desperate grasp that hypothetically a restrained detainee might try to make while water was being poured into his upturned nose, let's say. You know, a desperate, tragically futile grasp. Uh, Brennan's final grasp was saying, look, we did a lot of things right. And that, in a very real sense, Andy, is not the f***ing point. Because... <laughs> Charles Manson could say, hey, yeah, look, yes, I've conspired to commit several brutal murders and I shouldn't have done that, but let's not dismiss the fact that I made several outstanding omelettes in my (laughs) lifetime. 
Feta cheese, diced peppers, pancetta. Let the record show that I also know how to treat an egg. Okay? <laughs> what do you mean? How can you just possibly... Just me by my entire body of work. Oh, are you putting pepper in an omelette? I mean, it's just... It's, yes, too, it's too strong a flavour, Manson. Too strong. <laughs> Uh, President Obama, who himself had admitted that uh, some methods amounted to torture, said that he hoped the publication of the report, uh, the publication which he himself fought, would help us leave these techniques where they belong in the past. But but the problem with that level of comfort in that sentence uh, is that the past he's referring to is not the 1800s. It's just eight years ago. So it might need a little more attention than he's willing to give it. And unsurprisingly, the global reaction has not been overjoyed to this report, although many countries need to be very careful about how they choose to talk about this. Because let's be clear, there are a lot more countries than just America implicated in this report. It's estimated that when you include nations that allowed rendition flights to land and take off in their countries, more than a quarter of the world's countries assisted the CIA in running its torture programme. So that's a lot of people with blood, tears, sweat, urine and dead bodies on their hands. Even countries who are no strangers themselves to, let's say, tooting on the torture trombone uh, have been getting involved in reacting. China's state-run Xinhua news agency stated, perhaps the US government should clean up its own backyard first and respect the rights of other countries to resolve their issues by themselves. America is neither a suitable role model nor a qualified judge on human rights issues in other countries, including China. And look, that's... That's a tough pill to take from China and their particular human rights record, Andy, but that's the problem. Due to the contents of this report, it's a pill that the US is going to have to hold its nose and just swallow. In Russia, their state-run Channel 1 TV featured a reporter saying the Senate report makes people shudder and prove that detainees were tortured with an inquisitor's ingeniousness. And from a Russian state-run agency, Andy... That almost sounds like a compliment. That sounds very Listen. much like a compliment. <laughs> Listen, guys, we have to try harder. The truly incredible thing is how close all of this came to being a non-issue, because the report also revealed that CIA officials considered closely taking a, comp- a very different path, specifically a system under which detainees would have had the same rights um, as people held in federal or military prisons inside the US with, with facilities like any standard supermax prison here. And critically, that any interrogations would have to be conducted uh, in accordance with the United States Army Field Manual, which, which explicitly prohibits coerced, painful questioning. So, so what happened to that reasonable plan? Andy, well, unfortunately, it appears that Donald Rumsfeld happened to that plan. (laughs) And he is like a decapitated rat baked into a loaf of bread. He's a very unwelcome addition. (laughs) Um, The the former CIA general counsel, John A lot of empirical research went into that line as well, to be fair to (laughs) you. The former CIA general counsel, John Rizzo, um, recalled in an interview that uh, Rumsfeld took military bases off the table So we started looking around at what became the black sites. We brainstormed. Do we put them on ships? We considered a a deserted island. It was born out of necessity. It wasn't some diabolical plot. But look, that's the thing about diabolical plots, Andy. They never seem like diabolical plots to the people who are diabolically plotting them at the time. (laughs) I'm sure that someone working on the Death Star once said, look, let's be clear. 
Darth Vader's negotiations with Alderaan were taken off the table, so we brainstormed, and we eventually landed on destroying it and everyone living on it with a super laser. It was born out of necessity. It wasn't some diabolical (laughs) plot. And it wasn't like... This is the really sad thing. It wasn't like the CIA did not have personnel options too. They already had a group of experts that specialised in techniques designed to build a rapport with detainees they were interviewing. Apparently, in interviews known as fireside chats, they extracted information. (laughs) Yes, yes. This puts Roosevelt in a very, very different light. (laughs) He was trying to 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 interrogate the American people. (laughs) Exactly. They extracted information and determined whether it was reliable. Previous CIA experts believed that any coercive interrogation led to unreliable information. And even if that wasn't true, which it clearly is, seduction is a much more impressive skill. It's like kissing on the face, Andy. Beating a confession out of someone is such a cliche. Seducing it out of them is a counter-terrorism technique no one would see coming. Just an interrogator walking into a room, dimming the lights, lighting a couple of candles, playing some soft music, and bringing out some chocolate-covered strawberries. Maybe throwing in a shoulder rub just to ease that information out of them. Just ease it out, Andy. Well, that's uh, an interesting point, John, because as you say, I mean, morally and ethically, I mean, do we have a leg to stand on? Yes, but that leg is made of ice and we are standing on an erupting volcano. But I guess the only crumb of comfort would be to see, to find a system that works for the future. Now, I ran a test on torture to see if it works. It was quite complicated. I I had myself hypnotised to convince myself I was involved in a major terrorist organisation. I then rang up the British Secret Services and shot myself and have myself subjected to two very different forms of interrogation. And let's let's just see how they went. Come on, shithead, spill the f***ing beans! Ow! 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 Don't put them... I don't want to go in the box! I'm not enjoying this! Ah! Ah, yes! I admit it was me. That was, that was me on the grassy knoll. You'll find the gunpowder stored in a room underneath the House of Lords. It's going back in early November. I'm not sure exactly what's... Ah! Okay, the fifth! The f- ah! 1605! Yes! Uh, 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 ah! I also know which one Jesus is. He's the good-looking lad with a beard. I'll give him a smooch so you can know how to pick him out. Oh, that's better. Ah! Normandy! It's going to be Normandy. So that clearly got some results using the uh, the American torch. <laughs> yeah. Technique, but not necessarily the most reliable results. Uh, now let's compare that with, as you say, this rather less aggressive form of questioning. Hello, Mrs. Altman. Hello. Thank you for coming in to see us here today at... Do take a seat in the comfy chair, cup of tea. Oh, uh, yes, please. There you go, strong with milk, we know you like it that way. Uh, how do you know that? Uh, don't don't you worry about that, Mrs. Altman. Uh, I am Agent... Uh, This is Agent... (laughs) ...who will give you a nice relaxing neck massage while we chat. Oh, oh, thanks very much. May I just say, you're looking absolutely lovely today, Mr. Zaltzman. The orange in your overalls really brings out your eyes. Uh, have you been working out? No. Don't be modest, you're absolutely ripped. Mozzarella, help yourself. Oh, thanks very much, Agent. Redacted. Please, call me. Redacted. Right, are you comfy? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, feeling great, thanks. <laughs> oh, good. i just got a couple of questions for you, Mr. Zaltzman. Uh, far away. Uh, sorry, almost forgot. Please tell us what you know. Uh, uh, right. <laughs> Uh, what do I know? Well, I know that the early 20th century England cricketer Sidney Barnes still has the best record in Test match cricket for any bowler who's played more than... Uh, that's not quite what we were looking for, Mr. Zoltan. Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, tell me, 
Mrs. Olsen, have you ever been involved in plotting the downfall of the West through a terrorist network of sleeper cells covertly located in secret pockets around the world? And if so, could you tell us the names and addresses of those involved? Yes, absolutely, I have. The main guy you want to get your hands on uh, is... <laughs> who's based in a cave complex in... Or oh, is that the one just outside? Uh, yes, that's the one. Anyway, those guys are currently planning to seize power in... Mm-hmm. Uh, then you've got... <laughs> and, of course... Al... Who are masterminding a... In... Sorry, can you say that again, Mrs. Altman? I was distracted by your hair. It's lovely. What do you use in it? Uh, thanks, but can I please finish telling you about the terror plots, please? <laughs> Sorry, of course, I'm all ears and recording devices. See? There you go. It's, uh, you know, a little bit of manners goes a long way when you're investigating potential terror attacks. And, and I guess the most insane conclusion of all of this is to do with who was hired to be the architects of this entire mess. Because it turned out... As the report it wasn't those two guys too... from the Muppets, was it? Um, well, I, mean, I think the two guys from the Muppets may actually have been slightly more qualified <laughs> to do it because the, the, two, the two people involved were two contract psychologists, James Mitchell and Bruce Jessen. Their names have later been uh, revealed by the media. The Senate report revealed that, and I quote, neither psychologist had any experience as an interrogator, nor did either have specialised knowledge of Al-Qaeda, a background in counter-terrorism, or any relevant cultural or linguistic expertise. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> Sold, Andy. That must have been one hell of an interview process. Oh, why should we give you the job? I don't know, really. We have no relevant experience that qualifies us for it. I like your honesty. You're hired! <laughs> some, to, some, some people to, crack it first time, John. Neil Armstrong, for example, his only sure. previous flying experience was when he had to dress up like a pterodactyl for a school nativity play and flap around <laughs> trying to eat the baby Jesus. That's partially true. That's partially um, true. To be, more, to, be, to be more specific, Dr Mitchell joined the Air Force in 1974, specialising in bomb disarmament before earning a doctorate in psychology, focusing on diet, exercise and hypertension, <laughs> only the last of which could even be tangentially relevant to a detainee interrogation because diet and exercise don't seem to be two particular priorities for inmates at Guantanamo, for instance. <laughs> yeah, um, what, what exercises can you do when you're in a 53 by 76 by 76 centimetre box? That's, I don't know. I guess Kegel exercises. <laughs> I I did, did, did he come out of that box saying, I have been working on my pelvic floor like you would not believe? <laughs> This is I am ripped. I have prison prison abs inside me. Um, uh, he said, Doctor Jessen, uh, meanwhile, earned a doctor, doctorate focusing on family sculpting. That was his. Uh, that was his uh, doctorate. And yet, and yet, their company was ultimately paid eighty one million dollars to design a new approach for the CIA to use regarding detention and interrogation. And. Just in case you think there may be any legal action taken against them, obviously you're wrong. You have too much hope in your heart for that. Because in 2007, Mitchell, Jessen and Associates uh, hired a law firm and billed the CIA more than $1 million in legal expenses through 2012. And in fact, under the CIA's current contract with the company, they are obliged to pay any legal expenses for them until 2021. Um, ah. The whole story, Andy, <laughs> is pretty awful. Is it not all covered by some obscure clause in the in the US Constitution? I think we have to hope 
that uh, you know if you rub something away in the constitution, there's something scrawled in there saying that ah, it's all all right, it's fine. <laughs> you just read it backwards in uh, in an yeah. Iraq, in an Iraqi accent. It's fine. Yeah, I think we need Nicolas Cage to steal this constitution, squiggle a few things on it, and then replace it without anyone noticing. <laughs> well, that uh, that concludes this week's happy, happy bugle. Can we call that a Christmas Oof. special or not? Uh, well, you can call it the opposite of one. <laughs> the gift that you can call it a co- giving. <laughs> you can't have, yeah, a Mike Lee Christmas special. <laughs> um... Uh, so we hope you've enjoyed that. If enjoy is an opposite, uh, opposite word. Uh, a quick apology to uh, some people who've had problems uh, with the Bugle Christmas jumper. It has unexpectedly sold out, and unexpectedly, uh, the merchandise company has not been quite as efficient as it might be at uh, uh, legislating for that uh, unexpected eventuality. Uh, so I'm very sorry if you tried to get one and couldn't. Uh, and um, but I guess next year's Christmas jumper will know to make at least 100,000 of them. So it's, always, it's always reassuring when a company doesn't plan for success, Andy. <laughs> yeah, well, solid. Well, I mean, they've Very just seen solid. the Zoltzman name involved and they, they know not to bother. It's like, <laughs> it's like making two iPods. Nah, people aren't going to like this. Uh, do keep your emails coming in to info at thebuglepodcast.com. That does also mean we've had some spectacular entries for the My Country Tizardic competition. That will definitely be done next week. Uh, do keep your emails coming in. They will close on Tuesday night if you do have any further uh, submissions uh, for that competition. Don't forget to check out our SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash the hyphen bugle. You are entitled to give all our back episodes there to loved ones as a Christmas gift. Um, that, that's on us. That is on the house. Uh, sorry, on SoundCloud. Um, and uh, you, our webpage, thebuglepodcast.com, has the merch that hasn't sold out, which I believe is probably all the other merch, possibly excluding the eulogy mug, which is enduringly popular um, and not to be used around children, as I discovered recently. Yeah. And my daughter said, <laughs> oh, what is a eulogy? Yep, that's Daddy's mug, Daddy's special mug. Gotta learn, gotta learn. Thank you for listening, Buglers. Until next week, goodbye. Bye! Flushed with a chicken consomemina. Sorry, sorry a bit. Flushed with a chicken consonenema. Sorry, that's a very hard word to say. Flushed with a chicken consomemina enema. <laughs> Bollocks! Flushed with a chicken consomemina. No.